This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him for no longer, she got a paper basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then the Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sisters asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman so the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Well, I know it's been said already, but I want to uh, wish all of our moms happy Mother's Day. But I want to wish all of us happy Mother's Day in the sense that you don't have to have been a mom in, in having your own children um, to be a mom. That women uh, play an important role in all of our lives. Uh, of course, those of us who uh, are fortunate and we have our moms still with us or we have good memories of our moms, Mother's Day is a time of celebration. Uh, I know for others that perhaps didn't have a good relationship with their mom, it can maybe be difficult. Or for women um, who don't have children that that want them or wanted them, I know it can be a difficult time. And so what I like to do is to just acknowledge uh, how grateful we are uh, to all women for their contributions uh, in our life. We only have to look to our children's ministry uh, to see that. And then we can look at many other examples. Um, and to know, ladies, that that God can use you uh, in an important way, in a dynamic way in people's lives. Um, as He brings you into their life to encourage them, to nurture them, um, to help guide them. Um, I know one of the great joys that, that Lori has uh, on Mother's Day is occasionally we get a phone call from one of the the kids in our old youth group 30 years ago. And they'll call uh, and they'll leave Lori a message. And they'll say, Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for being a spiritual mom to me. And that's very significant and very, very impactful. So uh, today, rather than a sermon, I want to give more of a devotion for Mother's Day. But I want to start with a quote. You're probably familiar with it. Uh, it's from Abraham Lincoln. And uh, Abraham Lincoln says this. He says, All that I am, or ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. Okay, And uh, when I think about that, I think about uh, my own relationship 
uh, with with my mom. And I, I think about some things that that my mom gave to me that she imparted to me uh, that were crucial in my life and really are formative for for the man that I am today. Uh, now, uh, growing up, uh, as many of you know, uh, had a tough time. Uh, life was not easy for mom and me. And uh, looking back as an adult, my mom faced many, many challenges. But in the midst of all that, she taught me some very important life lessons that have served me well. One of them is, from her very own life, um, never to quit or never give up, especially in the face of challenge or adversity. I watched her navigate through life through some pretty tough times. Uh, She always didn't make the best choices, but she always did the best she could in the choices she made. And uh, I realize that, and, and I respect that about her. I remember one day, uh, I was in high school, and I came home, and I was complaining about a class that I had, and, and in particular the teacher. And I, I wanted to withdraw from the class. I said, you know, I don't want to take this class. And I remember what my mother said to me. She said, Todd, if you want, you can quit and withdraw from the class. But I want to tell you something. Once you quit, it gets easier to quit again, then again, and then again. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, you may quit one time, but then that might lead to you becoming a quitter. Boy, that stuck with me. And of course, my senior year of high school, when I thought that all I had to do was finish football season to graduate, <clears throat> uh, it was uh, early in the second semester, and she'd received a, a progress report. And I came home from school, and on my bed was a, a, a stuffed caricature of a hobo, a bum. <laughs> And I remember taking it off my bed and taking it to my mom and saying, Mom, what, what is this about? She says, well, I just want to remind you what you're going to become unless you straighten out and take school seriously. Okay? Still, still remember that. So my mom instilled in me not to be a quitter. To face adversity. To hang in there. To stick with it. To do the best you can but not to give up. Second life lesson she taught me is very, very important. In the midst of all the chaos of our lives during those early years, I remember my mom gave me a sense of purpose. She gave me a sense of purpose. She spoke into my life the hope that she had for me. In a sense, she kept hope alive. Her hope and my hope. By giving me a sense of purpose. I'll never forget she said to me on more than one occasion. It's a real gift. She said, Todd, you're special. You are going to make a difference in the world. You you are going to rise above the, the circumstances that we're in. You're going to make a difference. 
in the world. Don't ever forget that. And she would tell me that time and time again. And when she died, um, I was alone because there was no dad in the family. Fairly young, I can still remember her telling me that. So that when I was faced with critical decisions of what path I was going to take, where I was going to go, I could still hear my mom say, don't quit. You have a purpose in life. You're going to be special. You're going to make a difference in this world. Two tremendous gifts that my mother gave to me. She literally kept hope alive for me. And I'm living in the reality of that hope that she had for me. Uh, The hope that God gave her to give to me because she was God's vessel in raising me. And so when I think about that, I think not only about my mom, but I think about other women that God brought into my life at critical times, sometimes even for a moment, that he used to nurture or to guide. Um, And I'm so grateful. And so when I was thinking about Scripture, and if I was thinking about a passage where there was an example of God using women and keeping hope alive, the passage that we read today uh, in uh, Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, is a, a wonderful, compact passage in which we see three women that are highlighted. Women that are a part of God's plan and keeping hope alive. And you'll notice that as we read through the passage, only one of them is actually identified as a mom. Okay, That's the mother of Moses, uh, Jochebed, whose, whose name literally means Jehovah uh, is our glory or Jehovah is her glory. And she is the first person in Scripture whose name has that connotation, by the way. And obviously, he was her glory, the mother of Moses. And then Moses' sister, Miriam, who scholars kind of talk about and they debate how old she was. The youngest I, I've read is, you know, seven or eight, and, and the oldest is just preteen, maybe 12. So she's a young um, preteen girl. And then we read about Pharaoh's daughter. Now, she's not a woman of faith. Uh, she would have practiced uh, pagan worship, if you will, or, or, or the worship of, of, of uh, Egyptian deities. And yet God used her in qualities that, that she had. And so it's a fascinating, compact um, passage about how God uses women and how God uses women to keep hope alive in this, in this case, um, to set the course of the Jewish nation. Amazing story. Now you might recall as Exodus begins, Joseph is dead, the great patriarch, uh, who in the house of Pharaoh thrived and, and the, the Hebrews had great favor and they were multiplying in number. But what happened is that the new Pharaoh, he had no recollection of Joseph. Joseph meant nothing to him. 
All he saw was Hebrews multiplying. And he was concerned. God was blessing them. And they were growing in number. And his concern was this. If our enemies come to us, they may join our enemies and fight against us. So, we have to do something about this. And this is what he did. He gave an order that uh, all Hebrew boys um, were um, to be uh, killed at birth. So that they wouldn't grow up to be a part of somebody else's army that would lead a fight against the Egyptian people. Now, there are two Hebrew midwives that he had given that order to, but they feared God. They're important women too. They were God-fearing women. And they defied his order. And they continued to assist the Hebrew women in giving birth. Now he called them in and said, what's going on? I thought I gave you an order. And they said to him, well, you know what? These women are so hardy. They're having their children before we can even get there and do anything about it. And the scripture says that as a result of their obedience, God blessed them with their own families. But then... Pharaoh was just furious. And so he said, okay, here's the deal. Here's the edict. Every Hebrew boy that's born is to be thrown in the Nile. Well, you know, the Nile was crocodile infested. So essentially, uh, what he was saying is they're going to be fed to the crocodiles. And that was the order. Okay, and then we move into the second chapter where we see the birth of Moses and Moses' mom looks upon him and and sees that that he's this this fair, beautiful, just this wonderful child. Now, what mother doesn't think that of their child? Right? Um, When I was born, family story is this, that um, the nurse handed me to my mom and said, well, it's a boy. And then she paused as she placed me on my on my mother's chest and and she said and he has a face only a mother could love <laughs> okay it's a true story now as we read that in scripture there are some who say that it was more than than Moses just being a a, a fair child a a child whose mother said this is very good some say that she had a sense of, of the purpose for God for this child. And that what she was really saying is, this is a child uh, that God has blessed. And, and I need to protect this child. Now it's interesting. You're going to see some comparisons here. Of course, when God finished creation, what did he say? It's good. And then when he created man and woman, it's very good. This, the same kind of language. And some say that it's, this is analogous to God as He is beginning the creation of, of the Jewish nation. You say, this is very good. Right? This is the start of something really good. And He's the one that I'm going to use. He's an instrument, a chosen instrument of mine. Then others would say, well, you know, she, she took and she fashioned an ark. Right? Using the reeds from the Nile and 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 putting it together uh, in the same fashion that Noah created an ark. 
and it was placed in the waters, the dangerous waters. And as the storm abated, right, civilization began again. Well, again, the comparison here that that Moses' mother creates an ark, puts it in the dangerous waters, but it preserves Moses, and through that preservation, the preservation of the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, is going to take place. And then some would also say, well, this also is analogous to, to Jesus in the sense that she was willing to, to sacrifice, to give up, to give away her son, to trust God, place him in the water, right? And that's the sort of death that took place there. She wasn't surrendering him to the crocodiles, but surrendering him to God. For God's purpose. And through that death, if you will, came what? Life. And so there are some scholars who look and see those themes woven in this story. It's amazing, isn't it? Just a few verses, ten verses. But there's three things, or three ladies, and there's a couple of things in the life of each woman that I just want to call to your attention quickly. Number one, Moses' mom. Two qualities I see in her. Great faith. She was a woman of faith. Her name said so. It denoted that, didn't it? But because of that faith, she was willing to trust God, and she was willing to, what? Die to herself, and in a sense, offer Him. And so, she also had a spirit, a sacrificial spirit. That faith led to a willingness to to sacrifice and to give her son away to God. It was was like the woman in the apartment fire in the Bronx that she was sitting there with her baby on the, the third story as the smoke was billowing out and she didn't know what to do and there was a group of men from the fire department, the housing authority and they were they were calling out to her saying, give us the baby, give us the baby. And finally, when she felt she had no other choice, she she tossed the baby, which was caught. Well, she ended up surviving because they got to her in time. And they asked her, "What, what were you thinking when you literally threw your baby from the third story window down to the men below? She said, I was thinking, God, please save my son. And that's exactly what Moses' mother must have been thinking. God, please save my son. And so a woman of faith, a woman that that had a spirit of sacrifice. And then there was Miriam, this this preteen girl. She follows her brother along the Nile and and then it comes to to Pharaoh's daughter and all her attendants and, and, and they see the basket. And they bring it to Pharaoh's daughter and the baby's crying and it says she has compassion. She takes pity on this child. And there is Miriam right on the spot. And what does Miriam do? I mean, she is so poised. That's a quality here. She's poised for such a young age. And not only that, she's intelligent. She uses ingenuity. And what does she say? She says, hey, do you need someone to take care of this baby, to nurse this baby? And Pharaoh's daughter says, absolutely. And what does she do? She goes back. She gets her mom and presents her mom, Moses' mother, to Pharaoh's daughter. Now, this is really cool. Now, I don't know if I can make a biblical argument for this, but 
it says that Pharaoh's daughter gives Moses to Pharaoh's mom, right? And says, I'm going to pay you to do this. This is a a first case in which a mother gets paid for all of her work. (laughs) Amen. All right. It's good stuff. I'm telling you. So, so Miriam was poised and she was intelligent. She used ingenuity and young women here. God can use you in the same way. You don't have to grow up. God can use you right now with the qualities he's given you. And Miriam is an example of that. Oh, as God would use you. And of course, Pharaoh's daughter. She defied her own father's edict. She was a courageous woman. A courageous woman. That took courage. And not only that, she was a compassionate woman. We read in Scripture that she adopted she adopted Moses. In fact, she gave him the name Moses. It means in Hebrew, to be drawn out. Which she did, to be drawn out of the water. He was drawn out. That's what Moses means. But then, in, in Egyptian, the word in Hebrew for drawn out also closely approximates the word son. And so it's as if out of the Nile was drawn out a son. Okay? And she adopted him. And he was raised in Pharaoh's court. He had the finest education, athletic training. I mean, he had it all and God was preparing him not to lead Egypt, but to lead a nation. And so we see in these three women, only one of them that we know for sure is a mother. God using them to keep hope alive. Just like he does in women today. Women of faith. Women of sacrificial, sacrificing spirit. Women that are poised and intelligent. Using ingenuity. Women of compassion. And women of courage. You know, I saw all those things in my mom. All those things. And I celebrate those things today. Mother's Day. Not only what I experienced through my mother, but what I see lived out here in the women of our church. For all of you, all of you, in various ways, our moms. You know, it was a year ago, and, uh, getting ready to graduate with my doctorate. And we were visiting Lori's mom and uh, who was a mother to me, who adopted me in a sense. And I took a graduation invitation to my mother's grave. Went to visit it. It's funny, as many times as I go there, it's like the first time that I was there. It brings up a lot of emotion. But I remember taking that graduation invitation and kneeling down and placing it right there on her headstone. It was my way of saying thanks. 
Mom, you kept hope alive. Mom, your hope for me was realized. Thank you. And then I prayed, and I gave thanks to God for her. Can I do that today for the women in our church? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for all the women in our church, whether they have children of their own or they, in a, in a very real way, have adopted children. Lord, or other ways that you use them to make a difference in the world, to make a difference in this church, to make a difference in our lives. Lord, that you use them, even as you did these women in Scripture, to keep hope alive. Lord, collectively as a congregation, we celebrate that today. We celebrate how you use women in our lives and in our world. And we want to say thank you to you, for you are the God who created them and purposed them to bless us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.